0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House.
1: You are listening to The John DiPietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call J.K.L. Engineering today. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier Infinity system, they're energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L. is carry factory, authorized dealer. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, you know, for over 50 years, J.K.L.'s reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved national grid BPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navion certified factory dealer called J.K.L. Estimates of free financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts, it's J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Well, folks christmas has arrived the christmas season is underway pr landscape materials and garden center rhode island's number one garden center they have everything you need for decorating your home beautiful balsam frazier fir cut trees three feet to 12 feet tall potted live trees custom handmade wreaths 10 inches to 60 inches in size they also have mistletoe Hanging Baskets, PR Landscape Materials, and Garden Center. Located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, right off of Route 4. Take a ride to Rhode Island's number one garden center. They have roping and cut greens, decorative pots, cemetery baskets, Christmas crafts. Gift certificates are available for gift giving. They're open every day. Check them out on Facebook. Christmas has arrived. Beautiful selection at Rhode Island's number one garden center and it's PR, Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Well, folks, today is day one of this two-week pause. We'll keep you up to speed on everything, but today starts the two-week pause. You're gonna be getting alerts that uh, started today, asking, encouraging people, stay at home, don't go out. If you do not have to go to work, if you can work from home, work from home, Uh, gyms are closed a lot of restaurants are now reduced and the bar areas are closed so it's this two-week pause that rhode island is underway with now in the middle of all this there's still the very significant story and fox news anchor maria bartiromo yesterday had president trump on and what what i think is interesting is listen to the things president trump is saying and then compare it to the fact that you don't see any media investigating any of this
2: are carrying thousands of ballots back and forth, back and forth. There are many mailmen that are in big trouble right now for selling ballots, getting rid of ballots. This is the craziest thing you've ever seen. But uh, Many ballots ballots with the name Trump on were thrown out. You've read that. They found ballots in a river with the name Trump on from the military. They were signed and they were floating in a river. They found ballots under rocks that had the name Trump on. They were signed. They were signed with Trump. We won the election easily. There's no way Joe Biden got 80 million votes. I just said there's no way Joe Biden beat Barack Obama in the black communities of various cities. And then he did very badly compared to Obama in other cities throughout the United States. There's no way it happened. This This election was a fraud. It was a rigged election.
3: This is disgusting and we cannot allow America's election to be corrupted. We cannot. So you believe you can prove that the comu- computers can circumvent any controls that are in place. And before we leave the subject of Durham, I feel like something happened in September.
1: Oh, hold on, folks. Hold on. Again, this is back to- I don't
3: know what happened, but we were all expecting Durham to come out and A.G. Barr to be aggressive, he told me back in June that mail-in ballots opened the floodgates of fraud. Why wasn't anything done about it? Why weren't there surveillance cameras to shoot what we know now to be
1: – Now that was yesterday, again, uh, President Trump doing his first interview with Fox News anchor Maria Bartiromo. You know, the, the, what he's bringing out, though, this is something – and and you don't hear anyone really investigating it. Uh, the, the way that this has been presented as far as it's up to, you know, president Trump or it's up to the Republican party or they have to show the fraud folks. The, there's nothing that's transparent about this process. Uh, all of this stuff should have been brought out. These are also things, keep in mind, I've been telling you that you have all these mail ballots that were not notarized. I think Pat Caudillesse is a perfect example of that. Pat in his election running for state Senate. Which was uh area of Cranston primarily is the area. I think a little bit of West Warwick, but mostly it's Cranston. And he received one thousand mail ballots, and he felt good about it. He felt good about his vote total for uh, two years ago. The seat he reinforced seven thousand votes won, and so when he got his mail ballots between that and regular votes, he had I think close to sixty. I think close to sixty eight hundred votes. So he feels, wow, this is going to be close. Instead, out of nowhere, his opponent. Hannah Gallo supposedly received 3,500 non-notarized mail ballots, 2,500 more than he did, 2,500 more than he did. Folks, it makes no sense. I don't believe that that happened. I don't think you believe that that happened. And at least the president of the United States, President Trump is calling out specific actions that need to be investigated, in, investigated here. And, and the the lack, as I've said, the lack of curiosity. Again, this is President Trump yesterday uh, talking about it. There are many mailmen
2: that are in big trouble right now for selling ballots, getting rid of ballots. This is the craziest thing you've ever seen. But uh, well, many, ballots, many ballots with the name Trump on were thrown out. You've read that. They found ballots in a river with the name Trump on from the military. They were signed and they were floating in a river. They found ballots under rocks that had the name Trump on. They were signed. They were signed with Trump. We won the election easily. There's no way Joe Biden got 80 million votes. I just said there's no way Joe Biden beat Barack Obama in the black communities of various cities, and then he did very badly compared to Obama in other cities throughout the United States. There's no way it happened. This This election was a fraud. It was a rigged election.
3: This is disgusting. And we cannot allow America's election to be corrupted. We cannot. So you believe you
1: can prove... Now, that that was, again, President Trump yesterday. He also, I liked, he started uh, talking about some of the Fox shows that he happens to... uh, Try and say that
2: Biden came up with the vaccines. But actually, I watched... uh, I watched... A few of the shows last night, I got to see a couple of them. And Mark Levine was, was fantastic last night. Mark was, was great. Talking about the vaccines, uh, his show was great. I guess they had it on like last night sometime. And uh, he was great. And so many others are great. Sean Hannity, he knows. He gets it. He gets it. But Mark Levine, well, Mark President- Levine. Mark Levin said it very well last night, but you have people that get it, but people are afraid to speak out. So it is the power of the media. There's no question about it. But with all that power, we won the race. This was corruption because we got far more votes than him. We got 74 million votes. He did not get anywhere near 80. And that's 74 before they throw away, you know, they threw away ballots. They threw away many Trump ballots. That's the easiest way they could cheat. We got seventy-four million votes. He didn't get anywhere close to 80 million votes. And-
1: Folks, just terrible. Again, it's John DePietro. This portion of the show show uh, program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Reliable, affordable, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, plumbing and heating. Call Henry Oil today, 401 521 200 online at henryoil.com, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. It's Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, oil burner service and installation, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Massachusetts. It's Henry Oil. Call them today. Make them your oil provider, 401-521-0200, Henry Oil, 401 401- 521 521 reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, always online at henryoil.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 508- Three, three, six, seventy eight, oh one.
4: It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers where Rhode Island gets engaged.
1: This is the perfect time of year. If you're going to have any paving done around your home, really improve the look of it. Well, you want to call J. Perry Paving, letter J, J. Perry Paving today at 732-1730, 732-1730. You can find them online, letter J, jperrypaving.com. They're also on Facebook. J. Perry Paving, residential, commercial, seal coating patios what a difference it makes how aesthetically pleasing it is folks invest in your home invest in your property your business j perry paving provide high quality fear pricing exceptional service hey they'll offer a free estimate any project what a difference it makes you can have a beautiful home but if you have a cracked driveway or some different cracks or just maybe it hasn't been done in a while Call J. Perry Paving today. This is also a great time of year to have that patio done, seal coating, residential, commercial, J. Perry Paving. Call them 401 732 1730. They're the best, 732 1730. It's incredible asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new project or maybe it's just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. It's affordable, smooth. Safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing, looks beautiful. Hey, and the snow melts right off it. J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free quote. Maybe just thinking about it. This is the perfect time. Have that driveway done, patio done. J. Perry Paving. Call them 732 1730 401 732 1730. J. Perry Paving. Look for them online at J, letter J, jperrypaving.com, and also on Facebook. Folks, you're listening to The John petro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he's the managing editor, com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, I want to start off. Boy, I've been getting uh, all these notifications on my phone The uh, governor's people have really tapped in on how to do that, but announcing that we have uh, today, it is official. Now we have entered the two week Rhode Island pause. Um, I just also saw one announcement saying that hospitals are full, stay home, uh, try, try not to go to work, try to uh, limit your, your social gatherings, the amount of people. And uh, let's, I'd like to get your thoughts on some of the provisions of the new, as they're calling it the two week Rhode Island pause.
0: Well, you know, if you're not receiving the notifications from the governor, um, I, I'm not sure a lot of people know it's actually happening. I mean, there's just uh, there cars on the road, there are people going about their lives, and I think that's something we're going to see more and more. Uh, the governor's having to going to have to struggle to to get people to understand what the what her dictates are, and that we're in a we're in a pause now. I, I just don't know that people will realize it maybe until they try to go to the gym and it's closed or, or they can't get in a restaurant because they're at capacity or that kind of thing. Uh, But uh, the impression I'm getting is people are just going about their lives. And I think that's probably most indicative of the fact that people aren't really seeing the problem or seeing a problem that they're being told exists. Um, And a lot of it seems like, you know, propaganda kind of level stuff. I mean, the, the idea that hospitals are full, for example, if you, if you look at the numbers, they, they may be close to full, but very few of the a very small percentage are even people testing positive with COVID, let alone in there for COVID. Um, and there's still fewer COVID-related uh, emergency uh, ICU units than there were in the spring. <clears throat> Many fewer deaths. People just aren't seeing it. And I, I think the, at least the impression I'm picking up from the general public is it's it's really people are adjusting to the reality of Cases. So it's not that you're scared of getting sick. It's scared that you're testing po- scared of testing positive, and then everybody in your household has to lock down for a week or two weeks. Um, I, and I so I think the, the governor's rhetoric is, in, in short, the governor's rhetoric is starting to, to disconnect from the people's uh, sense of the disease.
1: I also just want to clarify now, this is an emergency alert that I was referring to. Everybody gets that. If you have a phone, it's the same emergency alert as if. Uh, you know, some there was something ma- national, major, a terrorist attack or tornado warning or something like that. It's it's the emergency alert, so everyone would receive that. But do you do you feel? That this two-week pause, Justin, do you feel it's it's um, and this is your opinion? Do you feel it's unnecessary? Well, just on the
0: on the alert thing, one thing I was kind of referring to is I was getting those, you know, last month, the month before, I, I was getting them, and I haven't gotten one recently. So it's as a Rhode well, Islander, he, it's kind of news to me that, that they're he, going out. Here's
1: what went out today: um, R I G O V COVID alert, public safety alert. Hospitals at capacity due to COVID. Help the front line by staying home as much as possible in the next two weeks. Work remotely if you can. Avoid social gatherings. Get tested. If we all decrease our mobility, we'll we'll save lives. Learn more. Of Rhode Island on pause at reopeningri.com/slash pause. I think at the very least, someone could make an argument that that's not what the emergency alert system was intended for. It was intended for just that—an absolute emergency, such as there's been there's an earthquake. There's a hurricane there's a blizzard warning in effect something it seems uh, most of the time when you get them they're weather related but um i think yeah. that's a fair question are they are they taking advantage almost by having access to this by sending out an emergency alert i think they are i mean
0: i i as i said i didn't get the one today but <clears throat> the ones i've gotten the my, my phone at least doesn't it isn't a pleasant ping you know ping you've got a message it's meh, meh, meh. you know there's it makes you realize there's some kind of emergency and i think that's it's actually a, a nice representation of of the governor's abuse of her emergency powers uh the idea is she, the governor gets extra power because it's not safe for you say to go on that side of the town so we're going to block that off we're going to close everything down over there because it's not safe that's an emergency this is long-term management of an illness uh, certainly not what it's for and certainly i I would be one of those people questioning whether use of our emergency services uh, technology for communications is is really appropriately used for basically an advertisement for the governor's policy and her website and I, I think that's that's entirely inappropriate and I think we we start to really get into a danger here if if I'm correct that the people's attitude is starting to disconnect from the governor's then she's doing damage to our, our sense of emergency. So, you know, boy who cried wolf kind of stuff. If, if you get one of those if you, if we now get these every couple of weeks, man, 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 remember to stay indoors and, and not, you know, hug your grandmother. If, if we're getting those for a few weeks or a few months, and then suddenly there's one that man, 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 you know, there's a, a nuclear hazard in the middle of Providence. I, people might ignore it because they're just now emergency means public service announcement. And that's a real problem. But to go to your question, I think, I don't think this pause is necessary. I I think we're we're in a phase of this that what I'm hearing from people and what I agree with is what if we just went back to our lives? <laughs> you know, what's going to happen? I mean, the deaths aren't really up the the uh as I said before the emergency the the actual intensive care units inventing they're not nowhere near what they were in the spring. Um and people are just sort of dreading getting tested positive because that's, you know, we're seeking out cases and then shutting people's lives down just because they test positive, no matter how sick they actually are. And I, I think that that's going to generate problems. And I, 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 just think that the pause, especially we, we've really, at the governor's encouragement, we've gotten into this habit of only looking at one side of the, the scales. And if you look on the other side, as I mentioned last week in from you know, in one month, Almost 20,000 Rhode Islanders stopped looking for work. That's a, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's a that's why our that's the main reason our unemployment rate went down three percentage points because people just stopped looking. What are they doing? I don't know. Are they living on on welfare? Moving to other states? Uh, just deciding to retire early? It's hard to say. It's probably some combination of everything. But um, that's not a healthy sign. And that's I we're not. I just suspect we're not going to bounce back from that i i mean one one social media meme i saw was two week pause puts businesses out of out of business permanently uh, and I, I think we're gonna when we wake up from all this we're going to look around at the wreckage and, and really recognize it it just was not worthwhile
1: folks again we're speaking with justin katz our segment is politics this week managing it at OceanStateCart.com. justin let's play this out a little bit so again if you were if it's governor Cat, you believe. That the pause is unnecessary, you don't need as many restrictions, or would you, this is your opinion, would you loosen restrictions and basically just try to get people to, you know, go back to, just go kind of go back to normal? Um, Because I I did see over the weekend, I saw a lot of mask wearing and outside mask wearing at both a bike path, a a running trail. I'm seeing actually more, certainly more people I'm noticing wearing masks than were in the summertime. But just to play it out, I'm asking your opinion. Would you completely take away with provisions, gyms open, um, as far as, you know, it's the bar area, the restaurants, and the restaurants limited capacity. Uh, Any other areas that you would loosen up or just take a different approach?
0: Well, I I think you have to put the calendar back a little bit. I mean, had I been governor through this whole ordeal – uh, very early on, I would have said I don't have the authority to issue proclamations telling people to shut down. I would not have done um, the, go- the governor's. Uh, I can renew my emergency powers every 30 days. I mean, that would have. I, I think the, the governor should have insisted the general assembly get back in session, pass laws if needed, and and there you go. You know, you, that would be the more appropriate way to go about this. So. I, yeah, I, I, I based on the emergency powers as they're written, uh, I don't I don't, as we as I just said last week, I don't think the governor has the legal authority, she has the power, but she doesn't have the legal authority to be, to be doing this. So no, I, I wouldn't be. Uh, I I think, uh, I think we should want a governor who's going to be a much, much more in the line of you, you folks are, are adults, live your lives, use your judgment. Here's our best advice. And that's our role as, as public health officials, as, as elected officials. It's not to try to manage your life for a, for a disease that is proving to be much, much less deadly than what was initially sold when we were, when we shut down in the spring, supposedly for a week or two.
1: It is also different. I wanna mention that it is true about, uh, for instance, the hospitals, that they're still open for elective surgery. Back in, if you remember, you know, back in the spring, um the hospitals basically were shut down just for covid patients now they are expected to uh open these field hospitals i believe it's going to be tomorrow um, the COVID field hospitals actually today in Cranston's going to start accepting patients but what's different is the hospitals if you're having a hip replacement or some elective surgery you know ken hospital rhode island they were all still open so you can do that so the covid cases as much, for instance, I heard one reporter saying, wow, this is must be worse than the spring, because in the spring they didn't need the field hospitals. It's different this time around because then they're, they're not shutting down the hospitals. That's really how the hospitals make money it's off all the, you know, elective surgery and um, and so forth. All right, a lot more ahead. Again, with um, but COVID, folks, this is the two-week pause that we're in. A lot more ahead with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week, right here on the John DePetro show.
4: It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off all wedding bands. Rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and Puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers
1: 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're in an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police. Fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain. 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor oceanstatecart.com OceanStateCard.com. Justin, there continue to be, and I think there will be, rumors on Governor Raimondo perhaps accepting a position in the Biden administration. And I certainly have some thoughts on it. I I, I think I differ with some of the people saying, oh, unless she gets, you know, initially some people are saying unless she gets treasury, she's not going to go. Or she has said it's got to be something really significant for her to go. I take that as if someone says it would have to be something really significant. Now it really becomes a negotiation, or really it's a positioning statement, because you don't want to say, I'm gonna jump on the first, you know, boat that comes by, lifeboat almost, to get out of here. But um, you know, as we've learned that there are a lot of jobs open, there's a lot of high-level Washington jobs open. And let's face it, the next she's term limited out, the next year is gonna just be, you know, brutal with as far as cuts, possible state layoffs, whatever it may be, um, if, if you were going to leave the stage, this is a pretty good time to kind of leave the stage and jump into a new venture. But what are your thoughts on the rumors of uh, the governor possibly leaving and taking a position in the Biden administration? I also just want to add that they, they did add, the Biden people just released that, And I don't understand the purpose of something like this. It's going to be an all-female communications team. I, uh, I don't understand that, Justin, because to me, you want to just get the best person for the job, whether they be young, old, male, female, this business of like an all-female communications team. I don't know what that says to certain men that it happened that, you know, men need jobs too that are in that field or have that as an occupation. Um, but it certainly, I think, strengthens the argument that they're there's going to be a lot of women in the administration, which boosts the chances for something like Governor Raimondo. But uh, what are your thoughts on all of this?
0: Well, on, on the all-female communications team, I mean, not only that, not only do you think you hire, for, should you hire for the best the best qualified person, no matter what their, quali- their identity politics credentials might be, the idea of an all-female one, I just, it shows you how, how ridiculous and, and kind of sexist the whole identity politics attitude is i mean just you know if if we if we accept that men and women do have some have have different perspectives on average and communicate differently you're almost saying to half the country the men we don't really care about you we're gonna communicate with the women uh i mean that's kind of the argument they've always made about whenever all male teams uh so apparently that argument was just a bunch of baloney uh, for identity politics so uh, i think that does expose that as far as the governor leaving um i mean those rumors swirl all the time and I, i there's a reason not only just the the assessed character of the governor as people assess her uh but but you know, rumors are not only rumors. I mean, I, I think it's significant that one of the key people suggesting that the governor's uh, finalist and, and in the running for the health and human services uh, position in the gov- in the president, potential president's uh, cabinet uh, is Ted Nisi and at WPRI. And they recall he was, he got the first interview with the governor after she locked journalists out of her press conferences. Uh, WPRI has been much, much more in the favor of the governor's office. So it's entirely possible that that's something that's, you know, co- conveniently positioned conversation with Ted Nisi from from somebody in the governor's inner circle. And you could read a lot of her actions with the, the COVID-19 and the pause and all that as sort of positioning as her new thing. I mean, if she was the, the treasurer, she was the investment money person that was her thing um if she's blocked from that well now she's got another thing it's the the you know saving the world from a pandemic and that's that's an area where biden himself has made uh noises of wanting to bring the entire country sort of in a, in a direction of rhode island uh but i in that regard if she were to become health human services secretary uh in dealing with pandemic management i i think it could could present a very interesting scene. I mean, we, around here, I've been kind of surprised at how much Rhode Islanders have sort of accepted her, her attitude and, and almost embraced the, you know, the, the, the scolding mom, uh, approach she has with the you know knock it off or I'm very disappointed in you all that kind of attitude it's it's actually played around here more than I would have would have wanted Uh, but it'll be interesting because if she brings that to a national stage I I think it could really really start jabbing right at the sore spot of our our national divide. I think a lot of people around the country are not going to accept the idea that the the government is this nanny telling them to knock it off and and wear their masks and be good. And and I don't want to punish you, but I have to now that you didn't behave for two weeks. I I think that could really, in an outsized way, define the Democrat Party if, if she's the face of that.
1: Well, I, I'll, I'll say this about the governor. She's definitely, she's not a progressive. So, you know, with Biden being a moderate, she's more, I think, in kin and in step almost with his type of being a Democrat. Governor Raimondo also, she's, she's ambitious, far more ambitious than some of the other people. We, we haven't had anyone that's really wanted to test themselves out on a national stage. Uh, she certainly has the background education, but I also view her as she's a risk taker. And she is someone I think she is going to leave because I think they will offer her something substantial. I think it's a good political move for her. Uh, she has nothing to gain by staying. She's term limited out. But when she endorsed uh, former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg, Justin Katz, that let's—that that was a gamble. And and she's the only one you never would have seen Senator Reid do something like that. You never would have seen Senator Whitehouse. The Rhode Island politicians, by and large, they've They're very conservative with how they operate politically. And that was actually now it didn't work out. Right. I mean, because he then got blown out of the first debate, but she's alone. There's no one else of amongst the big four, at least in Washington, that would have made that type of it was a risk. It was a calculated risk. It didn't work out. But um, that shows me that she is at least willing to take a risk and. If you're Governor Armando, who was the head of the National Government Association, I, I think she's very competitive. She's 5-0 and o here. She's nothing, I don't think, to gain by staying. I think uh, you want to you test your skills and see how you play on a national level. And if there's some cabinet position, because there's several that are open, commerce, labor, secretary, um, you know, think about that. You know, w- whatever it is, once a week or every two weeks, you get to go to the White House. You're part of a cabinet meeting. You're a The networking possibilities are just endless. Um, I I think uh, I would be surprised if she doesn't take it. I'm just a little surprised that some people almost saying that, um, oh, no, you know, it would have to be something really special. Looking at the state where we are right now with the pandemic, with the unemployment coming, with the budget deficits I mean, I, I if there was ever, a, wouldn't you agree? This is this is not going to be an easy two years left of her administration. Oh, not
0: at all. And not only the pandemic, but then the after aftermath of. I mean, yes. We we still joke about David Cicilline leaving uh, Providence as a, what, a Providence five that's
1: hurricane right. category five hurricane. This is going to be.
0: Right. I I suspect the next couple of years in Rhode Island are going to be like a category ten hurricane. Uh, yeah. the, the economic wreckage after all of this uh, so yeah I think she has that incentive to get out I mean I mean it really comes down to the question of whether she wants she wants to be see something through if she wants that challenge of having done some good or if she wants the challenge of being a, a higher political star and I, I agree with you I think I think her eyes are on the stardom uh, and on oh yeah I, she wants to be that first female president elected well pres- assuming Biden gets in and and maybe doesn't get through his uh through his first term because of health and age and Kamala Harris becomes president then uh there's still the opportunity to become the first personally elected female president I I, I think the uh Governor Raimondo wants wants that level she's of that
1: ambitious election.
0: yes and I, I, yeah. I think that's what motivates her and I, I agree I think you make a great point it doesn't have to be she doesn't have to come in on a red carpet she'll she she started in Rhode Island as treasurer, you know, roll up my sleeves, do right. something about the pension. So she'll get in there. She's still pretty young for a, a politician. I mean, I mean, Biden's almost eighty, right? So the the idea that she's got thirty good years of, of political maneuvering in Washington if she gets there. So coming in at a at a reasonably high level that gives her some of those connections uh, allows her to keep traveling the country doing fundraisers and talking to. powerful people i i I think you're right there's nowhere for her to go in rhode island at this point that's that's the way out that's of course if if she is motivated by doing something meaningful and and substantive then she might decide to stay just to see her term through uh i i would bet against that though
1: yeah i and you know you raise a good point about her first entry in was as general treasurer get in get elected you know, learn from that, build up from there. We, then you had, you know, you had Clay Pell that came swooping in late in the game like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be the next governor. You know, you do get these people that their first shot and they shoot too high. And, and I think she understands that there's always uh, Washington, obviously, there's always the ability to kind of move around the board, so to speak, <laughs> uh, like it's a board game. But but the key is to get a seat at the table so that you could, you could yep. do that. It doesn't mean that's where you have to end up. And she was uh, politically wise enough to know what I'm going to do is at least get the general treasurer's office and then just kind of build from there. Folks, um, quick break. A lot more ahead. Our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz, Managing Editor at OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Remember, preferred towing and recovery. They're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. Preferred is also a female loan and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Labby. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred Towing, call them today, 401-725-8500, 401-725-8500, or online at preferredrecovery.com as well as Facebook, Preferred towing they can also you know they buy older vintage cars maybe it's from the 60s 70s maybe you have one it's been sitting in in your garage for who knows how long the last 15 years and you keep saying you know someday i'm going to restore that but how about instead call today 401-725-8500 call for a fair offer today it's preferred towing in recovery located in lincoln 401-725-8500 Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job, job done safely, secured safely and securely preferred towing 401-725-8500 or online preferredrecovery.com They're also on Facebook.
4: It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers, 65% off the entire store. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing, Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged.
1: What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly? Or maybe you have problems with it. I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair 401 710 7096 easy to remember Ryan's appliance repair 401 710 7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator or your stove or oven or microwave any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan 401 710 7096. I was having a problem with our our clothes dryer. Well, what would happen it wouldn't turn on? No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed, the, he fixed the the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days. Parts and labor. Senior citizens' discounts are available, and Saturday appointments are available. Come on. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Ninety-six. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor of just Justin, I did want to mention because I think this was significant, even though it didn't get any play in the news. But last Wednesday, I was inside the governor's briefing, uh, Governor Mundo press briefing coming up, and then it was at um, at one o'clock at the Veterans Auditorium, which is a beautiful building by the way, right across from the State House, and very. Faintly outside. And I mean very faintly outside. Um, and I did see something on Twitter. You'd hear like a, a honk. Not a lot, a honk, but Lieutenant Governor McKee, he ran last Wednesday, he ran a protest against the governor, released more money to small business. They started a Providence, they started the caravan then to the State House. The reason why I think that should have received more coverage is because it was a very unsuccessful rally that he kind of headlined, and you know it it wasn't a blaring of horns the way we we've heard sometimes. Now you know you and I have seen all these different protests, some more successful than the others, but I think it it shouldn't. I think he he got off easy by the fact that, and I'll go back to and you and I noticed if if there's like going to be a conservative group. And they're going to have something at State house that, you know, the media go out of their way to say that there were whatever. There were 11 people. There were 20 people there were less than 50. But here you have the lieutenant governor. And by all accounts, I think someone that did film it, it showed like five cars. I think he should have held his feet to the fire as to why do you think your rally and honking rally didn't take off? But for someone who's waiting in the wings and supposedly could become the next governor, if Governor Mundo takes a job in Washington this is not someone coming in with like a mandate by any means. Well, certainly not. But, um,
0: but what interests me about that is that it's in large part the governor's doing. I mean, to me, it's, it's almost, you know, you see around online and conservative blogs and, and social media, often whether it's COVID or climate change, you'll see the phrase, I'll believe it's a crisis when the people telling me it's a crisis start acting like it's a crisis. That's, um, that's almost watching the, the lieutenant governor run a, a relatively small protest to try to get the governor's attention, really, to me, more than anything, puts the emphasis on how little she keeps him in the fold. I mean, if you believe her rhetoric, we're yeah. dealing with a, a dangerous, deadly virus um, that could put people on the sidelines for weeks or months or kill them. And she's not even talking with the person who replaces her. I mean, let alone if she goes to Washington, that's a whole different thing. But that, to me, is just really telling as to how seriously the governor actually is is taking this uh this whole pandemic i mean uh it on the other hand i i i would i would have rooted for the lieutenant governor in this protest because i think this sort of activity in the lieutenant governor's office is is much more productive than we usually see typically i mean at least to my experience the feel of the lieutenant governor's the lieutenant governor's office is almost like on a national level the closest thing i could think of would be you know the the office of the first lady You know, you pick a pick an issue and and make something make a a public public statements about it and and try to do some some good almost like a charity, whereas this is more of a a protest and a uh, trying to get some kind of push for money to go to to small businesses. So I I kind of have to applaud the lieutenant governor for that, although it is, you know, when you when you start pulling protests and you don't get a lot of help, you know, you need you need to line up more people and, and. and be proving your case that you've, you've got some pull. So I, th- I think uh, as much as I think he, he, it's good that he's taking it in that direction, I, I think it's really telling and what he ought to be doing is, is trumpeting this to the news media to say, look, I'm next in line. She could die. <laughs> How is it I'm not in, not in these briefings? How is it I have to have a car protest in order to get her attention? I should be at the table. I, th- I think that m- would be more appropriate to, to somebody in his elected office.
1: Let me play this out just a moment. Now, he is obviously Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, white male. What if, in fact, he were a person of color? Or what if it was a female Latino individual who's lieutenant governor and saying they're being shut out, the governor's not keeping them up to speed, and they kind of feel left out of the whole equation? How do you think that angle might play? <laughs> well,
0: that? that's a fun game, it, uh, and I think it's it's fun because it's obvious, right? I mean, it just all you have to do is flip the roles. Say it's Governor McKee and and Lieutenant Governor Raimondo. and she's she's going yes. to the media and saying, "Look, I I just want to be involved. I have a seat at the table. I'm the next in line in this dangerous pandemic. I think that becomes the whole story, uh, leaving out leaving yeah. the woman out of the important decisions." Um, McKee, why aren't why is Governor Raimondo not here at your press conference? I mean, that's if it, to me that's your 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 great description of being in the press conference and hearing every now and then a faint horn somewhere. I mean, those yeah reporters, those reporters, those reporters uh, some of them should have known what that what that those horns were.
1: Yeah, I know exactly. Right? What and
0: I so, wanted. so the idea yeah. that they weren't clamoring to say, Governor, why is the lieutenant governor having to drive his drive his car? <laughs> Outside yeah, yeah. honking his well, horn. Why try a team not here with your, your, you know, Rainbow Coalition folks on the stage. Um, that's, you know, that that should be a bigger question. And I think that too points points the finger right back just as just as leaving a out points a finger at the governor, not bringing it up, not making an issue of it, points a finger at the news media and how they're falling down on a job just sort of playing along with Raimondo's game.
1: The General Assembly did announce they plan to meet, and also they've announced a COVID uh, task force, strike force, something like that, some kind of task force, I believe. The governor was asked about that. She said, you know, I have no problem with that. I'm glad to see they're getting engaged, or that's the new speaker that's involved. What do you make of the fact that they are now pushing ahead to try to set up some kind of a meeting with the new speaker, and then the Senate president would obviously be involved with the Senate having meetings, and then also this, they have formed a COVID task force.
0: Well, on the first case... Talk about
1: late to the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly.
0: I, I mean, I think <laughs> <laughs> they're coming up to where, by law, they have to convene a session, right? So the if they had said, no, we're not going to do that, I mean, I think they almost have no choice but to start doing something. Uh, I'm w- a little bit worried of what they're going to do uh, with, with the push toward the progressive end of things. Uh, and I think the attitude on the, the COVID task force is all... I mean, the attitude I've, I've been hearing from, from legislators... Um, apart from a handful who, are, who agree with Lieutenant Governor McKee that more money ought to go to small businesses. Uh, for the most part, th- they seem to be very happy to let the governor just march along and take all the, make all the hard decisions. Uh, and that's, you know, COVID task force, he, I, I, I I don't, don't want to be too cynical, but it, it seems like it's going to be a, an exercise in applauding the governor and, and trying to get some, some legislators a little bit of a, a Profile for being at the table without really representing the people's interests versus a governor who is now what nine months into using emergency powers that are meant to be used for thirty days. Um, that's that ought to be the focus. I tend to doubt that's going to be the focus. I think it's going to be a lot of I don't know feel good stuff about her decisions and and maybe trying to sort of proofread her actions rather than challenge them. And I, I think that's that's going to be a disappointment.
1: Yeah, just at this point, I mean, COVID task force, that's something they could have formed back in in April or March, for crying out loud. Here it is, you know, getting I think they're going to meet sometime around Christmas. You know, finally, uh, Justin Katz, we are still waiting for that brick trial verdict. Uh, Now, since then, that happened. It was the last week of uh, October. The judge said that it would be forthcoming. He's within the window. Uh, when he would announce or I, actually, I think it was earlier than that. I think I'm wrong on that. I think it was earlier in October. It's more like mid-October, as I think of it. Um, but anyhow, uh, we're still waiting on that. And now, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday has passed. Now we're getting between now and Christmas. Mattiello's out of there. But I think that I think that that trial was still significant. Uh, And I I believe that too much was displayed how it was influencing an election for, I I think, too much for the judge to just ignore and not do anything about it. But it is kind of crazy when you do a bench trial that now it takes this long that we have to wait to see exactly what the the verdict is going to be. It almost makes you wonder, almost makes you
0: feel like he was waiting to see what the verdict of the people was uh, in the election. And I, I think that's at the end of the day, they. You could interpret the whole thing as the people of Cranston are the ones who said, "Yeah, guilty." Speaker's out. Um, so I, right. I think that that's a reasonable thing to do. Um, I, I and he is in a kind of an interesting position. That the judge. This is never. This particular statute has never been prosecuted uh, to this extent. It's and it's even then it's not clear. That it should apply to this kind of a situation. Uh, So he does have some research and decision making to do. um, But I, you know, with with, especially with Mattiolo out of there now, as important as these questions are and as relevant as they are to just the baseline corruption, uh, political corruption in Rhode Island, I I think, you know, we saw the curtain pulled back. There ought to be some kind of a statement, but it just feels almost like at this point, uh, wrapping up old, an old story, uh, you know, as if, you know, if whether Brit was a, was the mastermind or, or a partner or just follow, a soldier following orders with these flyers, uh, it almost, the attitude starts to feel like the fall guy either falls or, or gets away with it. And I, you know, here's a good example of, of how quickly sort of the, the waters of, of Rhode Island normalcy have flowed back in over this whole thing. Over the past couple of weeks, since the presidential election, I've seen both Jeff Britt and uh, the, the Mattiello attorney who was involved in this whole thing and was, was one of the witnesses, uh, oh, no, uh, no, 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 um, Matt Scherzer, yeah. one oh. of the, one of, one of Matt Matt Mattiello's Jerzyk, people, yeah. both of them jumping in without shame to talk about how, Oh, there's no such thing as fraud and there's nothing wrong in the, the Biden election. And I mean, just, yeah, oh, it media. just, yeah. It, it shows you how just shameless. I mean, and, and, what you can read from that is that nobody they care about is going to hold them to account for any of this because everybody knows it's business as usual. And I think that's, that's the real shame of it is we did get a really a sharper than usual look at how the game is played in Rhode Island politics. And it's, it's probably whatever the judge's verdict turns out to be, it's probably just going to be, go back to normal and everybody move on and forget unless i guess if brick gets 20 years in prison uh the political operators are going to be a lot more careful from here on out probably
1: folks folks he is the managing Canada, ocean state current.com it's justin katz justin great job uh stay safe Thank you. brothers disposal call them today 401 688 brothers disposal look for them on facebook they have a great page yellow and purple laker colors Brother's Disposal, they'll put a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe, are you doing a small household construction project or maybe some project around your home? Call Brother's Disposal, let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Or maybe you're deciding to do a little bit of a fall clean out, get rid of some of your unwanted belongings. Folks, whether it's in the garage, the basement, or the attic, call Brother's Disposal today. 401-688-0517. They'll put a dumpster in your driveway. Come on, brother. With Brothers Disposal, four oh one six eight eight zero five one seven.